When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show starring one and only Ramon Foster. <laughs> yeah, him. That's me. It's <laughs> your you know handy what? guy. I'm going to be real, DK. I know we're supposed to open this thing up and talk sports, but sometimes we talk life like is it man, who would imagine a, a a young undrafted free agent would be having a crowd uh views on YouTube and the podcast. Uh, uh Spotify, Apple and That's everything right. like that into this. The remote not just hey, DK with the remote. It's the Ramon Foster show. I, hey, can we do a, a a fan appreciation for this? Like seriously, Thank you know you what? Guys. I'm all right with that. That's you know, for anybody who who is unfamiliar with the success of this program, guess who comes armed with such information? <laughs> who who's that? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. He who is the proprietor of the company. Hey, Amen. I'll tell you what. This show has literally tripled in scope since a year ago, and and that goes mostly for the video form although the podcast itself the audio version of this has grown as well Mm -hmm. um you know ramon remember when we were talking about doing this a few months ago like meaning meaning going daily the show's been around for a while but going daily and i was like telling you you know what i don't want to sound overly optimistic but i think we could da 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 we've blown through that i know those who support the show have blown through this they have, man. So I just want to open it up. As you said that, and I'm pointing at me smiling, like, why am I smiling? I, I enjoy doing this first and foremost, but just like the Ramon Foster show. Like, who knows that clown? And they actually listen to us. So, hey, it's pretty cool. Oh, no, no question about that. Here, let's talk a little football, Moan. Yeah, let's um, go there. You know, we've talked a lot about the offense and the defense. And uh, I'm sorry, not the defense, not nearly <laughs> enough. Yeah. And that's what I want to bring up here because – that defense performed the way that it did. I keep wanting to say against New England just because Brady was there. I keep doing that. Well, he torched us for so long. I mean, you got to correlate it to it. Besides, he was just in New England with his old owner at his uh, wedding. So, I mean, it, that works oh, too, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi really balled out up front. I don't think anybody yeah. can dispute that. We saw some big plays from Devin Bush. We saw maybe the game of his career from mm-hmm. Terrell Edmonds. Oh, yeah. Miles Jack was big again. Um, what is it with this group? Because, I mean, they had one of their best games, but they were missing like half their guys. I don't even know what to think of this. 
Me either, man. I, I just look at it as almost like it's it's this is a defense, a team that's just in, in scrap mode. Like the secondary's just been riddled. Uh Miles Jack has been a good spark, but I, I, I think there is a level of expectation at that position too that I think we're used to. He's doing pretty good, but we're used to those positions as far as him and Devin Bush. And honestly, we yeah. gotta put Robert Spillane in that as being really good. Like that's always been that really good level you know what i'm saying and as it stands right now devin bush is he had a good showing this past weekend man so much so i mean you saw people tweeting about it. you saw people highlighting it from like national like covered like networks and whatnot just the breakup at the end that he had at the game man uh, but just in in general the defense is highly ranked right now and i know it doesn't really matter as far as that goes, but we're used to a lot of stuff, DK, like dominance off the edge, linebackers being able to make plays. Like we're seeing, we're used to like running backs moving backwards whenever you hit them. And it's just been a bunch of back and forth with this defense. Oh, it's good. Then it's not. Then it's not again. And oh, it's good again. And I think a little bit of it though, DK, is this too, man. We're used to this group, man, being all of our guys, meaning all draft picks that Pittsburgh has had. All of our just homegrown, just what we know and love, and they've been panning out. If we look as it stands right now, you're looking at Terrell, who had, didn't get his fifth-year option. Devin Bush didn't get his either. You got no high draft pick or solid draft pick as far as corner goes. Uh, and it's just a, a mixed match of Steelers that – we're not used to holding at a higher stand. I think right now everybody kind of looks at this defense and say, it's it's good. You know, whereas it's, usually it's like, it's really good. Okay, okay. Now, though, let's say you showed at least that you've got healthier depth than you might have thought. For example, Josh Jackson playing as well as he did. Yeah. Uh, James Pierre playing as well as he did. Uh, these are corner spots that were completely vacated. Trey yeah. Norwood made amends for the big play uh, in Orchard Park by being a solid safety in support of Terrell Edmonds. What happens when everybody comes back? Because they will. They will. Yeah. And yeah. I do mean everybody, as in T.J. Watt as well. And I, I cannot forget that first half against Cincinnati in which the defense actually was not a dominance, not even a good enough word for it. I mean, that was overwhelming. Yeah, it it was, man. I I know this now, you know, as far as like Vegas lines go, like the quarterback is usually on the one that moves it. I honestly feel like TJ comes back into the fold. He moves the line too. He, he, he moves the, the, I guess you say the warning shot that you'll usually get. You're not going to hear that anymore. You know what I'm saying? And then it's this too. TJ is, is the ultimate competitor. Guys you run across and that's him. And with that being said, then you got to worry about Alex Highsmith on the other side. Cam becomes a bigger role in this offense. I mean, this defense as it stands too. And then if you got Larry Ogunjobi right now, cause you mentioned him before we come on, like, Showing up, two quarterback hits, five tackles, like at that position, that's huge. And not just that, they play their role as far as stopping the run for other guys to make plays too. And they hardly ever come off the field. With TJ being back in the mix, man, I think as far as that front end goes, when it comes down to getting after quarterback and really disrupting 
offenses and you're going to see some good offenses like down the line as far as what you're you're potentially facing especially when it get towards uh division play like there's a lot of division ball that's being left on the table for the Steelers at this point in time man and you already got a one up on Cincinnati and I know I don't I don't know if it's far fetched to think DK but like the AFC North is still like it's it's seesaw at this point right now It is. There is hope within the division. And I think that's a realistic thing to say, even if you look at the Steelers record and go, I mean, what are you going to do with two and four? I can also remind everybody that there are teams regularly that make the playoffs with seven and nine records. Yeah. There's one guy that you mentioned, though, that I feel deserves his own segment. We're going to do that next. As promised, we're going to take one guy out of everyone that Moan mentioned uh, and singled out really for praise in that opening segment. A guy who's really not getting anywhere near the love that he probably should, and that's Alex Highsmith, Moan. Mm -hmm. NFL leader in sacks with 6.5 right now. How many Steelers fans do you think are even aware of that stat? Can't be many. Uh, and, and, and you know what? It's a shame because as prominent as Pittsburgh is in the national media, this is something that should be posterized all over like everybody's outlet, man. I like six and a half sacks on the season le- ahead of everybody. And not just that a half a sack for sure. But Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, Sean Gary, Matt Judah, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, Michael Parsons, Michael right behind Parsons. Him. It's the whole list right behind him is this who's who of edge rushers in the NFL. And they're all behind Alex Highsmith. And, and again, we're not here to pump anybody up or cheerlead when it comes down to what we're saying. But this is something to be excited about when it comes to, okay, down the line when you got to grind out games and you got to get to quarterbacks at these high-powered offenses. Like, you got to be able to have guys that can at least put the quarterback on his back. I know the secondary mm-hmm. has had its issues, right, DK? Right, yes. listeners? But mm-hmm. what do we always say? Rushing coverage work hand-in-hand. If you got the quarterback moving around the pocket, if you're putting pressure on him, he can't see where he's throwing to or he's on his back, that does a lot. He's doing this without TJ. And it's not like one of those situations where he's falling off without TJ, too. Like, this is the thing. Like, in general, three sacks the first game, one and a half against Cleveland. Uh, What is it? One against the Jets and then also one against Tampa. These are situations in which he's spreading out his productivity, too. It's not all in one game. It's not like he's falling off. He's continually either getting TFLs or getting quarterback hits and pressures, too. This is a good sign. Again, we saw this when it when we started looking at him. It's like, okay, it's rookie year. You see some stuff. And the thing about this guy, too, like you see him and you're like, man, he doesn't look that big. He's 6'4", DK. Oh, no, he's a big dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big dude. Yeah. I- if we're talking about what I correlated him to, I say Lamar Woolley. He's bigger than Lamar Woolley. Yeah, he's he's got he's got more height than Lamar for sure. Uh, they have similar builds though. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. I think yeah. I think that's why I thought it. But like Lamar might have been what six two ish and mm-hmm. a half, maybe six three. And this like you, you're seeing a lot. And <laughs> he's one of them dudes that look like he he moves like a small guy. You know, I, but I gotta, his I gotta, band is good. Oh yeah, I got to throw in some other numbers here. Related to Highsmith, out of the 20 guys in the NFL right now who have four or more sacks, Highsmith has the second most tackles 
Okay, and the reason that that matters, as Mo knows, is that means he's also doing his job in stopping the run. Yeah. He's got six tackles for loss, which means somebody other than a quarterback, so he's throwing mm-hmm. them back. He's got a pass defense. He's got two forced fumbles. This right now is someone who's playing at an all-pro level. So, yes. so that said, why is he not getting any anything? Is it just because of the Steelers' start? Is it because he's not as maybe – splashy and visible as TJ is. You know what I'm talking about when I say that, because Highsmith is a bull yeah. rush guy. You know what it is, He's just DK. doing this. Go ahead. His, Pittsburgh is losing right now. Okay, yeah. and then the other side of it, too. Where is your superstar other than Cam on that defense? Minka is Minka in his own box, and I hate to even say that, and Cam is a D-tackle, too. I think if you pair him with TJ and you say, look at this rush tandem that they have, more of that light goes to Alex Highsmith. But you're just looking at a situation of a team that's two and four. Also, there hasn't been many primetime games like other teams have had, too. Like, I'm looking at Denver. It seems like every week they, I think, I feel like they've had four primetime games this year. Pittsburgh hasn't had that luxury just yet of being on the national stage and him being able to do this this year. But later down the line, I think we got five or either late games this year left. There's an 8-20, 8-15, and a, a, another 8-15 game this year. There's opportunity for him to put it on display, especially if he does against somebody like Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow again because he had three that game. And I, I feel like it's worth pointing out, too, that and, – and you've done this yourself – as it relates to Highsmith on this show, is that because he comes from a, a smaller college program oh, like yeah. Charlotte, yeah, he is seen as more of a a raw guy who can still have a ceiling that's way up here. Am I right? Yeah, you know what he's facing right now? Hmm. Javon Hargraves era. Oh, no. Small school. Everybody that plays him knows him, right? But yes. he came from a small school. And he was behind Cam, and he fed into the mold. But the it, the thing was, when it came down to free agency, there was no small school mindset. He demanded or commanded a high paycheck too, though. He's in that he's in that realm though right now, DK. Just thinking out loud, you have got to remind me when we get to Eagles Week. You have got to remind me to tell you some Javon Hargrave stuff. Okay, I'll write it down. Just from the stuff that I picked up over this past week about him and the Steelers. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Hey, Mom. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. And the only segment that matters, that would be the Hey Moan segment, which is brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite items at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Moan, we are ready for the big question. It comes from Rob, and he says, Hey, Moan. Your comment earlier this week about needing to do some digging. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I do. I do. Yeah, well, it doesn't, it doesn't appear as if your viewers and listeners have forgotten. <laughs> this left me thinking here. It, with most of the offensive line and the offensive line coaches no longer with the team since you left, are there any current players or coaches that you're still tight with? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would reel them off, but then you realize yeah. what my sources would be too. <laughs> I'll just say this, man. I made a lot of connections in that in that locker room and that building in general too. You know, I went up for the Pitt versus Tennessee college game, and I went by and and, and went on the tour and everything. Uh, the coaching staff, almost to a man that was there when I was there, from Danny Smith to Coach Tomlin to Coach Garrett Guillemont, the strength and conditioning coach, all of the trainers were, like, legitimately, this is not bragging camp, okay? But they were just like, this is the coaches, like, Ramon, you don't know how much we talk about you here. You don't know how much you're missed. You don't know how much I've had to tell guys, like, this is what Moan would do in this situation. So, again, I told you when, I, when we did the show in the shop, I was like, man, it was good to see that, to feel that, to be around and know that appreciation was there. And then some of the players, like, they didn't know I was coming in town either. Uh, I think I told Chooks that I was coming in town. And uh, I didn't. he didn't know I was actually in the building because I was supposed to be there a few other times. So when I walked into the locker room, <laughs> he was eating some chicken. And he looked like, <gasps> I'm like, yeah, I told you I was going to be here. And, and not just that, man. Uh, I end up dapping up Dodson. I said, what's up to Mason Cole, James Daniels, all those dudes from Terrell to Minka, Cam Sutton. Like, I could reel off all those guys, even guys I hadn't actually played with and met. They were, you know, talking to me and telling me stuff that other guys had told them. And all I kept hearing was, dude, you don't know how much we use your name or use you or bring your name up. Uh, I get told a lot, like, man, Mo, we, we miss you in camp. You know, me doing my roll call type of stuff. So my presence is there. And I probably almost say this too. My group of guys, Marquise, Al, Pounce, Dave, Gill, um, that group right there, a couple of young guys I'm probably missing, but they make it known that us as a group is what they miss a little bit too. So our footprint is still there. Even other coaches, like the player relations uh, personnel with the Steelers, like he bring up stuff that guys have told him about me and uh there was a lot of that so the connections is still there and once you're still you're still a for life and they they made an emphasis on on making me realize like this is the only place you play this is forever home no matter who's here and um that was cool you know having dinner the night before uh the pit game with mr rooney and just a lot of just reassurance that it was time well spent and a mark was left there in pittsburgh so yeah there is a lot of ties yeah, you're also, I'm going to remind you here that you also, you'll just get calls. Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm the head coach. Yeah. And you did it, and this this happened just this summer where he called and he was just like, hey, Moan, just want, yeah. to, run, want to run some stuff past you here. Um, Kevin Colbert did it. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm sharing it yeah. with the viewers here because you left them out. But, uh, you know, they these guys still to this day yeah. value that. And I'm going to share from my own experience that it's funny when I'm talking to offensive linemen, current offensive linemen, with whom you never played, and understanding, too, that when they came in, it was pandemic time. So there wasn't, like, any interaction or any anything going on, obviously. Right. And when I'm talking to Dan Moore Jr., for example, and Dan Moore comes back with something along the lines of, hey, you know, this is something, something that Ramon and those guys were doing. It's a little oh, bit of a different, you know, it's a different vibe, you know, that's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it, it was, it was pretty, no, nah, it's really cool. It's not pretty cool. It, it's really cool. And and again, I'm, I'm always appreciative of, it, and I always keep those ties and whatnot too, from 
the equipment staff, cafeteria workers, like all across the board. Like, uh, it, I'm embedded in that in that in that locker room. Man. I heard it so much. You know, Danny, Coach Danny Smith. Oh, like he's all he's and he's talking to me about what the linemen need to be doing on special teams and all that type of stuff. I'm like, yeah, Coach Danny, like it, it's it's pretty sweet. You could hear him from the hills of Tennessee. There's no question about that. Let's do it again tomorrow, man. Yes, indeed.